Okay, I'm not really sure what that means. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to another episode of Cop. Matt, how are you doing? Um, you know, it's not about how I'm doing, mm-hmm. but it's about where I'm going. Where are you going? Write that down, okay? That, that's a motivational quote. I'm going to start a new program <laughs> soon. Uh, nowhere, so maybe, uh, maybe next time ask a different question because it's kind of hard for me to confront. Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, see any good movies lately? Uh, let me think. No, actually. No? Well, okay, let I, I will remove this movie. Yeah, you don't have to explain it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not really. I no. saw, um, I think the only movie I saw this week was The King's Man. What's that? Which is the Kingsman prequel set in <laughs> World War One. Are those movies good? They're okay. Basically, they're just like uh, over-the-top, like semi-satirical, ultra-violent versions of like the classic Bond formula. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same guy who does who does Kickass, and it's pretty. It's like to what James Bond is to Kingsman is like what superhero comics are yeah. to Jackass or Kickass. Um, it's mid. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's worse than mid. It's just kind of lame. You know, the what's fun about Kingsman is that it's just irreverent, right? It's just like, woohoo, we're doing violent, and he's jumping on the walls, and he's headshotting people through his legs, <laughs> and it's all stylized violence, and it usually looks decent. And then in this, they decide to make it serious. It's like a serious war drama. Mm-hmm. And then, like, occasionally there'll be, like, a weird moment where, like, Rasputin is doing, like, a spinning dance with guns. And you're like, <laughs> what's the tone of this movie? And I couldn't nail it. It was it wasn't great. It didn't feel wholly unnecessary. It just it's like they do this thing, then they're like, "Okay, let's make Kingsman." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This just sort of felt like I don't know, like a Rogue One. Yeah, it was like a Rogue One. I, you know, that's um, that's a good analogy uh, because Rogue One was also like unnecessarily, in my opinion, dour. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh yeah, those guys made the thing. And it's like, well, I didn't actually care about that story, really. Um, and you didn't even do it well, so why did you make this? Oh, and the reason? Well. I'm surprised they haven't done one of those for, like, Men in Black. <laughs> like, the or like, a super serious... Yeah. No, but, like, Men in Black is, like, too funny. Like, you have to... You can't do, like, a serious Men in Black, because, like, what's... Like, what's the point? You know? <laughs> like, Maybe they'd have, like, a... So, this, like, King, but you're saying Kingsman has jokes, right? Kingsman is, yeah. The King's Man is the prequel. Do you mean that movie has jokes? It has you some jokes, be, yeah. but it's, like, way less. Well, it's like they're different. throwing a couple in the Men in Black one. But why would you go see a Men in Black movie without the two leads that are the whole reason the, fran- the franchise probably exists? And then without jokes, which is, like, then you're just watching an alien FBI movie? Like... I think you're right about the... It wouldn't be popular without the two leads. It's just, yeah. That's why the... They have good chemistry. That's why though they did one with um, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, because Thor Ragnarok was such a hit. Mm-hmm. They figured, well, this is the action comedy duo of the century, and the movie <laughs> did really bad, and the movie was really bad. You saw it? I did not, oh. but everyone says it's really bad. Yeah. I, I don't even like Men in Black that much. I have inside information that The Matrix is not doing well. Uh, nobody's going to see it. Really? So I've heard. You know what? It got buried under the spider hype. Yeah. It was a bad bad timing, man. Because, yeah. Because Spider-Man is more in than The Matrix because it's not in 1999. I see so many posts now on social media about people like loving Willem Dafoe. And it's obvious because he was in this latest Spider-Man movie, and now people are like, he's a good actor? He's like the new, um, like, Ryan Gosling. Like, yeah. He's like the yep. new Ironic Sigma role model. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Exactly. And it's like, all right. You know, maybe leave him out of this. 
like, uh, that video of him just explaining his clothes, because obviously some fan was like, hey, what are you wearing, what are you wearing? He says he's just, he's like, a shirt, uh, from like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Beast of King. <laughs> he's so cool. <laughs> and he was in my favorite movie, American Psycho. That's like if the Green Goblin and Batman met out. That'd be... Dude, remember when Batman killed the Joker in American Psycho? Holy shit, look at this. <laughs> it's getting sloppy, bud. It is sloppy Saturday. That's true. So, I'll, uh, it's okay. It was just a fucked up Friday, and then Sunday's the Lord's Day. Yes, exactly. Messy Mondays, <laughs> too many Tuesdays, wild Wednesdays. You know? Thirsty Thursday. And then the cycle repeats. There you go. <sighs> so... Today we're here because we have an episode coming out on, they come out on Manic Mondays, right? Yeah. I want to get right into this, Lucas. Well, hopefully. Hopefully it gets out on Monday. Well, you know, if, it, if it's not on Monday, then hey, you know what? You guys are just lucky to get anything from us because we do this for free. Yes. So, you know what, Lucas? Yeah. Did you enjoy this week's film? Yes. Oh, really? A whole lot more than Repo Man. I will disagree there, but go on. This movie kind of kicks ass. It's like it's hella the, epic. Yeah, it's like the Wolf of Wall Street for punks. Yeah, and and it's like tone and style, everything. I really, I really liked it. I mean, there were parts that I, I didn't like, but overall, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a it's a good one. It's one I'll definitely buy if I see a cheap copy. <laughs> I I would be surprised if this was still in print. It's a Sony Pictures classic, which is sort of the keynote seal of quality. You know? Sony's Criterion? It, yeah, it's sort of Sony's prestige label. Mm -hmm. What's the movie about? Alright, basically, you have Steve-O, who's played by Matthew Lillard. And I, I gotta say, I really like Matthew Lillard. I think I he's a too. bit slept on. He yeah. can, he's got range, man. He can go from zero to a hundred, and he does it really, really well. I mean, he was good in Scream. Um, he was good in this. He's good in Scooby Doo. Um, like actually, like you know, those movies aren't great, but he's actually a great Shaggy. He's yeah. the highlight of those movies. Yeah, like to the point where if they made another one, I I don't know, they would have to include him somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's good in Twin Peaks when he's in that. Oh. <laughs> little winked. Um, so yeah, uh, he's really good in this. Uh, sorry. He, he, plays, anyway, he plays Steve-O, and uh, he's just going through life. He's He entered college. He's a punk. He entered college, and he's like, I'm just here to fuck shit up and do my thing, man. And then he actually does really well in school, and he starts having kind of identity issues with him. Um, if he's a punk, if he's a poser, what is he? He doesn't really know. And he kind of discovers this through the course of the movie where you're just seeing this punk life in Salt Lake City. And there's anti-religious tones, there's anti-authorian tones, and then there's, like, criticisms of the punk movement. And it reminded me a lot of, of Fear and Loathing, too, where that kind of just exists, too. This is a day in our life, but also, doesn't this kind of suck? <laughs> this is kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, th uh, this is basically saying that the punk m movement is kind of nonsensical, and Fear and Loathing is saying that the... That hippie lifestyle didn't really change shit. Yeah. Basically it. Uh, I like its tone. I like its visuals. I think it looks good. I think it has a good soundtrack. Uh, but yeah, that's basically the rundown of the movie. The, okay, I like this film. Yeah. It's a little bit of a mixed bag for me because over the course of this film, I was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And then towards the middle part, I thought this movie became a little aimless. But then the movie came back and I realized that the movie sort of had intent from the beginning. That same thing here, because at that middle part, it's I feel like, okay, we're kind of just going in circles here. At one part, it feels like the movie restarts because he reintroduces characters to us in this monologue, which he does all throughout the movie, like they do in Wolf of Wall Street, where he's like, the scene is happening, and then he's kind of just walking through it, t talking to you, and not like... He's, he's like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just telling the story. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he turns into like an observer rather than an actual character. But then he, 
um, will come back into character, like, he'll be talking to the viewer, and then he'll lean over and talk to, uh, you know, like a secondary character, and then they'll respond to him then. But, um, he's a, he's in a monologue, he does a monologue, and then it's like a little fun scene, and then it's another monologue, and, um, sorry, I forgot my point, but it, it feels like it starts over at one point, because, yeah, he was just reintroducing characters. Yeah, it's, you know, the movie, it starts off, and it's just the life of these punks, and it's prototypical, you know, they're, they're moshing, mm-hmm. they're fighting, they're doing drugs, um, they're just being generally delinquent, and so on and so forth, and about the first act of the movie, or about the first half, is basically just their life through that, it sort of reminded me of train spotting. Except uh, instead of heroin, 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 fucking heroin, man. (laughs) Um, Instead of heroin as the poison, it's like apathy is the poison. These guys don't care about anything Mm -hmm. and anarchy in the U.S. or whatever. (coughs) And I was enjoying that time for a bit, but the movie started to lose me halfway through, and I sort of wondered if this movie was going to have anything deeper. Yeah. But then the movie does, and it sort of takes a turn in which you realize that the sort of hedonistic, um, like, aimless lifestyle that they're leading and and reveling in is not going to last the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because Steve-O comes to the realization, like, oh, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, at that party when they have that first fight, and then he's like, he goes on this long spiel, like, hmm, isn't fighting kind of authoritarian? And um, he goes on this big philosophical argument to himself and to the audience about whether or not this anarchism thing is good or not and at the end he's like what's my conclusion I, I don't know and then he just keeps fighting yeah that, that was like a good way of showing that the punks um they supposed to stand for something but that anarchy is but that something is anarchy and yeah. anarchy is like nothing yeah. so it's like there's so many contradictions of just being yeah so that was funny because it sort of critiques the punk ideology in general um and then the movie really becomes reflective and a little a little contemplative mm-hmm. and then it really finishes well for me yeah i think this movie principally is like a character study Mm-hmm. And I think the characters in it are pretty decent. Matthew Lillard, uh, Steve-O is great. Yeah. Matthew Lillard is good. It's weird that you don't see him in more starring war roles, but he's always good as just like an animated sidekick, I mm-hmm. guess is the thing. But he does well in as the, as the lead in this. Then you have whoever plays Heroin Bob. Um, Michael A. Gorgian. Heroin Bob is, uh, is a decent character, but he, is, he does sort of have that... Um, like jittery best friend syndrome mm-hmm. where you kind of almost feel like he's doomed or like that he's there to teach steve a lesson from the beginning but he's well portrayed like in uh saturday night fever yeah with that guy and he's like hey i got a kid on the way what are gonna do? <laughs> i didn't get that vibe from him to be honest yeah no he, he was just a buddy only until the very end where i was like oh Man, are they gonna midnight cowboy me here? They, they midnight cowboyed him but hard. In midnight cowboy, you know that's gonna happen. In this, I didn't get that vibe at all. I don't but know. His name is Heroin Bob. Okay, that can't. That's end just well. funny. It is funny, but Trainspotting taught us that heroin is not very funny, didn't it, Lucas? Mm-hmm. Um, the character is good. Till Schweiger's in this. I recognize him only from Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Um, and he looks the exact same in this. Even yes. Though that's ten years prior. Yeah, he's okay. He, he reminded me, and it's funny that you mentioned Fear and Loathing, the Benicio Del Toro character, mm-hmm. where he's just um, sort of mercurial, and he's just kind of crazy in general. Mm-hmm. But sometimes this movie falls flat for me, and a big example is the scene in which, in this scene in which he goes paranoid, thinks that they're stealing his drugs, and then he's, like, shooting at them, and he's, like, snapped and goes crazy. The movie is well-directed, but it's not exceptionally directed. And in a scene like that, it really made me think of, like, a scene in Fear and Loathing where Terry Gilliam knows how to create tension, and then, like, you have that scene in the elevator. That's great, where it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And it feels very real. Whereas this one felt a little silly, a little goofy. I know it's a comedy drama, but it does the balancing act just okay, where it's pretty funny, and it's pretty dramatic, but... Even though it's, I guess, supposed to serve as, like, an expose of 
of punkdom mm-hmm. and and it all its trappings and its consequences the movie doesn't really leave you feeling much until you get to that emotional ending for me hmm. yeah i mean i agree but i uh, i'm the same way with midnight cowboy really uh, excuse me <laughs> I mean, that's kind of... I'll let you take that back. It, that's kind of, like, the big thing, you know? I have to rewatch it, but when I watch it, I was like, eh. you know, it's the same thing there. So, it's the same thing here. I think it's... I think it both both uh, works so well, you know? I, I don't know if I need to, like, be feeling terribly bad the whole movie. The movie's just kind of... I don't know. It's just kind of exciting, and then, ah, you know immediate stop stop on a dime now it's sad and that kind of that's what he went through right so it makes sense like for him this whole punk rock thing is all all fun and games and until it's not you know i don't know there's just the way it unravels and in that sense the the arc where it's just it you have you're wallowing in the vapid lifestyle of the punk and mm-hmm. then it sort of has that turning point in the middle it almost feels a little too mechanical you know midnight cowboy as an example the descent from them are from um, Joe from like arriving at the city in the beginning of the film to like uh, watching his friend die on the bus like it's very gradual and it's very more intricately done than this it's not nearly as well directed um I don't know I feel like that might be because you have so many flashbacks in this movie it's kind of breaking that pacing yeah but I think the actual story that we're seeing that isn't like in the past um I think that would be a gradual decline. The flashbacking is an odd choice, too. Yeah. Because, like, it'll flashback for a long sequence, and then you go back, and it's, like, giving the history of this character. But it's, like, everything happens in such close sequence. I'm like, why didn't they just tell this, like, in a linear way? I guess it's some... style. It's just for style, I suppose, but it, it didn't really work for me. It just didn't work. It worked for me. I, I, I really liked it. I think I, the editing in this is, like, superb. I imagine in the mid to late 90s, the non-linear style after Pulp Fiction, yes, boom. Was, everyone was, was like, this is going to make our movie cool and new. But Pulp Fiction did it in a... Like, it really did it in an More artful, better? It did it in an artful way, man. Because the way that the story is told in Pulp Fiction, like, the, the way it's chopped up... Mm-hmm it conveys a different message than if you watch it chronologically. If you watch Pulp Fiction chronologically, it's a totally different movie. Mm-hmm. But this, what does that change, really? I, I, I don't know. Just that, they thought it was cool. And I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of neat. Although there is a part, like I said, that's jarring, where the movie feels like it starts over. But not only that, but just how they cut, uh, how they cut footage uh, to make it more interesting, I really like. Like, I don't know what, if this has, like, a name and it's going to be kind of hard to describe, but like it's like a character kind of ranting, but then you have cuts in between the, where there would be a pause in the rant. So it's just like one continual rant, you know what I'm... Yeah. Sure? When, he talk, um, when Heroin Bob is talking to him about LSD, and they have that sort of uh, style. Yeah. I like that. That looks cool, like modern-day YouTube jump cuts or something. That like edit- a Fantano review. That was a nice editing technique. Um, technically, it's pretty sound. I like that we were watching that little clip of when that guy had acid absorbed through his jeans, mm-hmm. and you see it all dripping through his stomach. That was a cool effect. Yep. And it's a well-acted film. I'll say technically it's sound, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of, of that vibrancy, but I almost wish there was more of that kind of stuff. Like, the movie was a little bit more vivid. You know what I mean? Like how? It almost, like, a little bit more stylized. You have this scene... I, honestly, this Mark character kind of falls flat for me, even though I do like Till Schweiger. Uh, he, he really feels pointless. And then he just fucks off. And they're like, that's just how it is in Salt Lake City. And he died. And Oh, and they're like, yeah, rumors he died in the plane crash. And it's like, okay. I think they're kind of setting up the whole fate thing. Because his dad's like, you got to go to Harvard Law. I mean, it's... Uh... It's what you. It's what you got to do. You're good at school. It's it's your destiny. So, maybe they're setting that up destiny with him, where he was supposed to die in that plane crash. You know, he got like final destination. Uh, <laughs> death was cheated, and hmm? I don't know. Maybe there's something there. <laughs> he got final destination. That's like the that's like the worst thing that can happen to you, man. Yeah. To get final destination. Every time I'm driving behind a truck carrying some cargo, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Get in the other lane. The soundtrack in this is pretty killer. 
Uh, the underground? They license all the big ones. <laughs> Amoeba. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, there's some Ramones in here. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a well soundtrack film. I wonder how much of the budget went to that. Probably a lot. And you know what? This movie is very minimalist. There's yeah. like, this could have been shot. I mean, we could have shot this movie. Yeah. We could, we could get these locations. Um, so I think that's, that's always impressive to me when you just take nothing and you spin it into gold. And that's what this movie did too. Like just a lot of extras, a lot of good makeup on them. They all had to have that punk look. Um, I don't, and just shot, shot in a way where you don't know, you don't like really care about that. Like, cause if we didn't have, well, we don't have their equipment or their talent probably. And if we shot the same thing, it would look like shit probably. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't immerse no. you. Y- yes. No, we, we would do it good. Uh, <laughs> they, they have the talent. This, this movie is made with a lot of talent. I think, uh, if, if like, like I said, if other people made it, I, it would not be. Uh, of this quality. I was pleasantly surprised when the movie became a little more meditative than I thought it would be mm-hmm. given the first half. Especially because, in contrast, Repo Man was, like, about the punk lifestyle in that it's, like, it just doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And then things just happen. Whereas in this, it really wants to examine the culture. Yeah, and, like, it gives you lore and history of it, too, which I really liked. Um, yeah. Like him talking about punk rock music and... Uh, who cares if it was the Brit- the Britons, the Britons, uh, or the uh, Americans? Uh, who cares who started it? We did it better, and <laughs> fuck they, that. Are they right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He can't keep getting away with it. I mean, like I have. Never mind uh, the bollocks. Uh, it's okay. It's a- <laughs> yeah. But it's got anarchy for the UK. It's like two good songs, and they all kind of sound the same. That's it's, punk. It's just like no noise, and and you just feel the chord change. Dead Kennedys are way better. Yeah, they, actually, I'll agree. The, the oh. Dead Kennedys are more... You know what? Because I like the Dead Kennedys so much, I can get on board with that. Fine. They're really good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, yeah. Sex Pistols are... are um... I don't even know what tangent we're on. The movie's good, all right? Let me just say that. Uh, there's talent here. I mean, maybe the script isn't the best, like you're saying, at, at times, but I don't know. I think, or structure-wise, but the way they write characters is really good. Like, Steve-O is a sound character. He's a character yeah. in this movie. You know, you watch so many movies, and there's this shells of characters where it's like... Who who is this person? What do they want? And you're like, um, he's Iron Man, and that's it. That's all I know about him. Well, okay, but this is this is like this could be someone you know. Yeah. Because the thing that he's saying is is uh, it's realistic. The way they sing is realistic. It's like it's up there um with Pulp Fiction dialogue to me, where this is just how a punk would talk. I think. Yeah. yeah. I I get the sense that the. F- film's director um, is familiar with this movement mm-hmm. um, given the way that he's examining it but um, overall it's okay <laughs> I'm ready for bags you ready for bags? yeah um, I'm feeling like you know uh, decent a uh, strong 8 to a light 9 on strong this light 9 wait we don't do that thing okay <laughs> bro dub that back Let's get one number. Uh, today it's gonna be an eight, but in the future, who knows? Depending on how much more Ramones you listen to, it might yeah. be bump it up to a nine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, it's three out of five bags of popcorn. Okay. All right. It, it's just shy of a delightful little film. Like, just shy. Yeah. Well. Blood filter, man. It happens. I got blood filter? Yeah. This That's shitty. What did you give Repo, man? Shitty. Four? Four. Yeah. I'll probably remember Repo, man, more. N- Mark your calendars, because in a year I'm going to ask Matt about Repo, man. It's going to yeah, be the Yeah, you know what? New... I'll remember because I'll have watched it two, <laughs> two more times, probably. No way. It's a solid film. No way. Uh, and I just saw before uh, hitting record that they have They Live on Netflix. So if you haven't watched that, 
Um, this is an advertisement for Netflix. Check it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a certified cop classic mm-hmm. for the Cop Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, your boy Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And the fight scene. And the fight scene. Yeah. And the fight scene. This is like a good cult movie where there's a lot, uh, there's a lot memorable in here. Um, I feel like the fact that this is, it feels like this movie, it's become a cult movie, I guess, according to IMDb's <laughs> top 400 cult movies list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a hard time seeing reception on this changing because the movie would have come out and it's under Sony, like, classics, which is, like, their small budget pictures thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, the, uh, I don't know, I've never heard of this movie before. I think this was a solid pick, but unfortunately it's a dud because it's a, not a cult movie. And I it's a cult it's movie. A, uh, not cult enough. What, what would you like? The the call movies Let, you want to watch are, t- are movies that you say skip to. Roll the wheel. Let's uh, pick next week's movie. Yeah, let's do it. One second. Um, this is the true test. If it has the cult following. Oh, uh, hey. No, uh, on the references? Yeah. Yeah, that's a cope. That's a cope. When you went to the Rick- Wikipedia references, you're done, buddy. You're fucking done. Hey, it works. I'm, I'm, I get one veto for this next role because I... Yeah, why do you want to veto it? If it's it's going to be a movie like um, uh, Cum Killers and... It's... Then I'll veto Cum Killers. I don't want to watch That's a cult movie, though. That's what you want to watch. But right, I want to watch... I want to watch good cult movies. We just did. And now you're saying it's not a call movie, so which is it? Huh? I just, I good call movies, two criteria. I'm going to decide that. Roll the wheel. All right. Okay, ten. Oh, oh no. Well, let's see what ten is. That, 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 that was one out of ten. Oh. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> 263, all right. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about 263, but honestly, that 263 sounds like mid. Okay. I think that's where this was, in the 200 range. Also, I like that Heroin Bob was just Travis Bickle in this. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of funny. Yeah. He was just Robert De Niro. And he looked like him, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Next page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit, 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 shit. I'd do Stepford Wise, yeah. No, we didn't roll that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's gonna be a no from me, dog. We roll more. Dela more. We roll. A cemetery man must kill the dead a second time when they become zombies. I've heard of that before. Wow, really? Oh, oh no. Thirty-six. Here, 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 here. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, what the fuck? What the heck? That was weird. Sorry, man. What was it? 36? 36. Uh, this could be okay. Well, oh, we already did that. Tommy. Alright, we roll them. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. What? 175. Man, my skin is crawling. <laughs> <laughs> the fog is coming. The fog is coming. Uh, oh, oh, God. It is. Oh, please. It was close to Blue Velvet 8. Oh. The hills have eyes. Yeah, I did that. Sure. Actually. Wait, I just remembered something. What? We have a movie we have to do. What? Little Shop of Horrors. Um, as fan requested? Yes. I keep forgetting about it. Just remembered. We need to do it. So, Hills of Eyes can be after that. Okay. Next week, Little Shop of Horrors. Is Hills of Eyes have... Is it good? Just give it to me straight, Doc. It's mid. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I remember when I watched it, I, I kind of liked it, but... In hindsight, I don't remember that much about it. Um, that's not a good sign, but maybe when we, we rewatch it, I'll like it. Uh, we'll see. But I think it's Rotten Tomatoes scores. Like, I remember being lower than I thought it should be. So, let's... Uh, it had... What? No. God, not the film series. Get real. <laughs> Gary. Yeah, it has a 67, and I remember thinking that uh, that was a little, so I guess I really liked it at the time, but we'll see. I like the poster. 
I like this guy. I like when it was ripped in the Evil Dead. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> That's a movie reference for you. <laughs> Dude, your movie references are so on point. That's another one for you. That one's kind of ironic. That one is like self-referential yeah. reference. That's... <laughs> Wow, okay. I'm playing 4D chess here at Cult of Personality. Guess what his dad was in? Um, Star Trek. Yep. The Next Generation. <laughs> Star Trek. It's though. always that. Like, I'll be like, hmm, this secondary character looks familiar. And then I look it up, and he he or she or they were an extra if you want on a good, Star Trek. If you want to be a, have a long, successful career, don't be a star on Star Trek. No. Be a extra or guest appearance on Star Trek, and that's... You're headed to the top, baby. Star Trek stars, like, go nowhere. Except for Patrick Stewart. It's like that Star Wars syndrome where Mm -hmm. it's like, I guess you are that guy. You're just Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford, like, he got, he did a little bit better. But, like, Mark Hamill. Carrie Fisher. Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker and then the animated Joker. Mm Mm-hmm. And name another film. I can't (laughs) put them as a star. I can't do it. Was he uh, in Arkham as well? Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. He's probably the best Joker voice actor, but like that's pretty minor given that he was the lead role in what was once the highest grossing movie ever. Wow. He wasn't that good of an actor. Wow. How could... In the... I mean, his voice acting... I mean, I think he's gone better, but at the time... I was at a Tatashi station to pick up some power converters! <laughs> Just thinking about Ben, you know. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I want to go f- join the Republic. <laughs> the scene where he finds his friend and he's homeless, that was heavy. Yeah, man. That's something, that's part of growing up is you got to see, like, people <laughs> that you went to school with or grew up with and they're just destitute and you got to take that as an omen. Hey, get your shit together. I don't I'll just say it all day. Did I ever tell you about that one time I saw someone we went to high school with just in the park drunk at night by himself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of the... Sh- that's our Sean. So that was sort of like a, hey, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this scene is funny. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I like his jean uh, vest, too. <laughs> says, fuck you. Uh, it's kind of chic, kind of punk rock. I, these type of people exist. Like people come in for job interviews sometimes, and they just say things that make you think, "Why would you ever say that at a job interview?" Like, do you have no common sense? Yeah, some people, uh, they just ain't got it. They just ain't killing us. They'll be like, "Yeah, I like to get drunk on the weekends and stuff." Why would you say that? Just on- that's honesty. <laughs> you know, that's a virtue, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this character is so funny, and uh, then he's homeless. What's that be? Shitty. Shit? Hey, shitty. It's all like shitty punk. Anything else you would like to talk about today? I am, I'm, I want to get Breath of the Wild for the Switch, mm-hmm. but I'm fearful that it's just going to be really boring. Um, and people are just, I, I don't know. I kind of got that sense too, which is why I still haven't played it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't care that much about Zelda. I'm not like a Zelda head. Mm-hmm. Like every other geek with a Triforce t-shirt. I like top-down Zelda. That's well, I played Ocarina and dropped it. I played Twilight Princess and just stopped playing. You're kind of a Zelda old head. Yeah. I understand. Because those are sort of the thinking man Zeldas. It's just, like, it's so easy. It's, it's I, so simple. Just yeah. walk down. Yep. Hit the sword. Yeah. Use the potion. And then they're like, oh, go walk around for 30 minutes? Like, I don't really want to. I don't want to walk <laughs> the game around. game doesn't look that good. Like, yeah. yeah that's Twilight what... Princess looks terrible. Well, like, even on the GameCube? or the... I don't know. I really want the GameCube, but I went to went to PNP the other day, and I saw that it was $150, so that makes me hesitant. Maybe I'll just, I should I should just play um, an official copy elsewhere. Yeah, just get at the Blockbuster mm-hmm. and get an HD and mm-hmm. put it on your computer. What? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's the new attachment they put up. <laughs> yeah, I think... They, 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 it's called the PC player. You didn't, you didn't hear about it? But I, I, I'm fearful that that's, what's, that's what uh, Breath of the Wild is going to be. Just me walking around for 30 minutes. It's like, do whatever you want. 
But what is that? Even I don't know. That's I know why I play it's not going to be games. I know it's not going to be do whatever you want. I know it's going to be kill Ganon. But so, it's like do whatever you want and then kill Ganon. Okay. Well, we'll don't see. Don't you want to kill Ganon really bad, though? <laughs> no. That's so what? lame that they just keep doing Ganon again. Well, in Mario, they keep doing Bowser again. Well, Mario, like. People don't give a shit about Mar- uh, the story in Mario. They just want to do their fun jumps, right? And, Dude. But people, like, love Twilight. Or, uh, Twilight. They love Legend of Zelda lore. Um, Legend of Zelda is actually... Uh, my interpretation of the franchise <laughs> is that it's a multiple different cultures interpretations of the same legend, which is why you have the same characters. <laughs> um, yeah, Whoa. so it's sort of... Uh, you know, if you have an interest in mythology or history, you know, uh, some of um, some of its best qualities will be apparent. Otherwise, it might get lost on you. You just collect the same items. You get the boomerang. You get the bomb. You get this and that. And maybe they add a couple of gimmicks. And then you kill Ganon at the end, or you kill just a guy who is going to destroy the world. Yes, yeah. it's like either Ganon or a guy that we got. It's because we can't always do Ganon. Yeah, but it's like just a purple evil guy. Yeah. Purple's bad, man. Bad vibes. True. Yeah, so I don't know. But uh, playing Pikmin 3, that's really good. I got Splatoon. It's it's kind of fun. It's, so it is mid. It's um, it's good in small quantities. That's a good sign for a game, is when you have to put it down every once in a while to keep it enjoyable. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm painting the map. This guy's, this guy's not helping you out? Did I have helpful tips? Dude, I I carry the team sometimes, and I just got the game. Like, I feel like it's mo- playing with, like, seven-year-olds. And <laughs> well, this is what you, you get your seven-year-old instead of Call of Duty when they get the urge to shoot things, right? Like... And then when they turn ten, then you can give them Call of Duty. Let's grow up a bit and put voice chat in your game. Let's grow up oh, there, please. You something bad to me. That would be bad. Holy crap. Like, I, I get that Nintendo isn't really into video games the same way other companies are where they they just want to make shit that you can't get elsewhere right like you can't torrent motion controls right but i can just get any ps5 game and i'm not saying to do this but you can just get any ps5 game put it on your computer run it well and then just hook up your computer or your controller to the computer mm. same experience you don't need the ps5 yeah so i think people are going to realize that but that's not really you can't always do that with nintendo games where they have something else that uh, that you need, like they bring out the Wiimote or something like that, right? Yeah. You have the Switch with the two controllers. It can be a console and it can be portable as well. You you can't get that same experience elsewhere. Um, so I get that they are they're trying to be that odd one out, but like come on, grow up a bit. Put uh, <laughs> voice chat in your games. Let me call these kids dog water when I <laughs> no not actually do that. But too much, um, call them too much dog. <laughs> Yes. Uh, make it make it basically like TF2. Uh, add, add more, you should do that with every game. I think so. Just add better movement options. Uh, add voice chat. If someone leaves the match, the match just ends. Like one person? I think so. Yeah. Because or maybe like the host or something. I have no idea because it happens quite often where just playing a match and then it's like um, communication error. Well, Nintendo's online is not that great. I don't know what that for, means because for Smash I, it's good, but I guess like overall compared to like the other services, it's like it's not that great. I don't know if that's the server's fault though, because it's Nintendo's game. It's Nintendo's what what about what is happening? The server is just kicking you out for no reason. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, who's to say? I don't know. Let's call maybe, Miyamoto. Well, last, the one and only time I called Nintendo, they hung up on me. Yeah, and uh, that was really... I want to um, do an anti-shout-out to Nintendo <laughs> customer support because we asked to spoke, speak with a higher-up and they hung up on us like we were pranksters. Yeah, we wanted to talk to Miyamoto. And that was really disrespectful. Um, I was really disappointed with Nintendo that day. Actually, you know what? I think I called Nintendo legitimately one time and they were pretty helpful. Yeah, Can't... whatever. Because they what it was because like. every customer service rep um, is working in front of the barrel of a gun, yeah. and if they go off script, then well, you're getting this, and so is your family. 
You know how they can, like, give you tips about games and stuff? Yeah. Do you think they have a script and they just, like, go through their tree to find the answer to your question? Yeah. Or do you think they've actually played the games? Some of them might have, because if you work for Nintendo, like, you may, might as well play Nintendo games. But, yeah. I mean, some of them probably just don't give a fuck and they're like, alright, get the star and... which What game is this again? There's probably too many of them for there to be that many. I don't know. I don't know Nintendo's higher thing. Maybe they maybe they only hire true gamers, and that's how pure of a gaming company they are. And uh, I also have to... I'm playing Animal Crossing right now, and it, it's a bit annoying. Uh, there's a part of the game that I really dislike, and that's the... The, the two-player mode, which is really non-existent. You can have one island. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be, like, per cartridge or something, but no, I don't think anything saves to the cartridge, so it's per Switch. Yeah. You can only have one island? Are you kidding me? Oh, just and, buy another Switch. Oh, so cool! So cool how so, that works, So out. awesome. It's so convenient how that works. Um, so Caitlin and I are playing that, and I just played first. And then they made me the island representative, which I thought was just a joke. But it, I, I'm the only one that can progress a story now. Caitlin can just like collect things and like freeload, but she can't. She can't do any story, uh, story things. Yeah. So it it's, it's not even really two. It's kind of like how NES games were two player. It's like how Mario Three is two player. But it's take turns. Take a turn. I was just like, I could have just done this anyway. Yeah, we could have selected one player and just passed the controller back <laughs> yeah, and forth. Yeah, thanks, Nintendo, for the great multiplayer functionality. That's why... that That's one reason I... That's one positive for the new Super Mario Bros. games. The two... Yeah, you can play nice. Yeah, it's a good idea. And it turns into Smash when you're on, like, a lava level and you can pick people up and throw them right in. Yeah. Love that. Someone goes bubble, you just go bubble as a troll. <laughs> End the level. Everybody goes bubble, restart. It's classic. High quality Nintendo games right there. New Super Mario Bros. And uh, I don't know if I talked about it. Uh, got all the characters in Smash Bros. Again, it's kind of lame that in the Smash Ultimate, you don't have to really be challenged to unlock things. It's just keep playing the game and then you'll unlock them as you go. Whereas in Melee, it's like, oh, you want Mewtwo? Okay, uh, play Smash for 20... Or, like, have Smash running for 24 hours straight. And do this for the other thing. Do this for this guy. And I like stuff like that. Running your GameCube for 24 hours, it's not very fuel-efficient, Lucas. This is the progressive Nintendo. And which any way you want to play is going to get you rewards. Nintendo's gonna be making like NFT games in the future. They don't give a shit about electricity. <laughs> and like, let I, the I I love that stuff. It makes like makes it more enjoyable. Like Mario Kart Wii, it was there was a it was pretty challenging to unlock everything in it. Um, and then Mario Kart Eight is just oh here you go you have everything. So that was kind of lame in, in Smash Ultimate how easy it was to unlock everything. Um, I don't know the stages are oddly big, and. Um, but I like all the new characters that they add. And I don't mean, like, new, like, the new Fire Emblem one, because that's just more of the same. Yeah. But, like, new characters like Inkling, like Steve, where, like, they have completely unique mechanics. Yeah. And they have little gimmicks, which I always liked, like, uh, P, uh, Project M, Snake in it. He um, He's just, like, the ultimate gimmick character. You can, like, plant mines. You can do all the same shit. I mean, you can do it in... Uh, you can do that in... Uh, ultimate and then brawl and whatnot but in pm he actually had combos and yeah. there's purpose for all that stuff um so that i don't know i i like when they do new things you know hmm. i don't like if who gives a shit if they have ganondorf if, if he's just the same as captain falcon who and people are like add this add this character add um shadow the hedgehog like yeah. just picture sonic black that would be shadow but i want a unique move set for him it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. There's so many f- clones too. Like, there's a lot of fat in this roster. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Pit, Dark Pit, Samus, Dark Samus. Are we kidding here? Mario, Luigi. Come on, guys. This is a fucking joke. Like, should we have baby Metal Mario too in the roster? That'd be nice. That's my favorite character. So why can't he be in my game? Dark Toon Link from oh. Four Swords. I'm waiting for Dark Inkling. <laughs> God. Just add something new, and uh, and if they ever do, I mean, they're gonna do the next one, another one. But when they do another one, 
Enough with the clones. Fuck the clones. They probably, they probably will, because yeah. it was just, yeah. Like, why isn't Dr. Mario just a skin? Yeah, why isn't it? <laughs> That's a good question. It's like, it's the kind of thing where they're like, Mario's so cool, like, he gets two fighters. He's such a big part, they get two fighters. You know what I mean? Daisy? Are we kidding here? Yeah, that was silly. That, yeah. They got some fat. They're going to cut the roster next kind because this is ultimate, and yeah. they can't just do ultimate two, where it's just all the characters again. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they could. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I think, and all the DLC characters are just crazy good, uh, which I have to buy. So I can finish the game fully for an extra 90, what is it, 90, 50, 50, 90 dollars? Probably like 50 dollars. Nice. <laughs> you just pay a couple more bucks and finish the game. How do you feel about DLC? It's, um, it, it just depends on the value. I mean, some DLC's fine, but mm -hmm. then it's just like, it's just really worth the extra money. And usually the game is like per minute or per hour of gameplay yeah. worth way more than the DLC. Also, usually I just had my fill once I finished the game. So unless I really love it, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Have, are there games that you've played multiple times? Yeah. Like yeah. What? Like Galaxy. Yeah. It's stuff when I was a kid when it's like, oh, you only have this game, so I guess I'll play four times, and, you know, I'll do Luigi mode, and, yeah, I get all the stars. Galaxy, any others? N nothing off the top of my head. What about uh, Fallout? Fallout, uh, like, three, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And the other ones I play, like, maybe a couple times each. All right. <laughs> Next week... We will talk about Boba Fett. Uh, I slacked this week, and we promised last week, I think, that we would talk about it. So yeah, it'll be our new show. Huh? Like we did with the Wanda, WandaVision. Yeah, sure. We'll do Boba Fett. Why not? Uh, shout out to Disney+. Plus. Um, we're not sponsored by them or anything, but fingers crossed. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> WandaVision, wow. Yeah, well... Yeah, that was heavy. <laughs> that was, like, the five stages of grief going through that. Yes. You know, the, it was good, and then... And then it wasn't. Oof. I'm the bad guy. And then they punch at the end. And, dude, there were so many connections to the universe. <laughs> that's so cool. So cool. Can't wait for Blorco. Do you think that's a wig? Maybe he's fully bald. He shaved just, thing? Yeah. Like, no, he's actually just fully bald, and then they kind of just glue that thing on. Oh, I'm... Yeah, probably. Because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how often the actors would want to work or, uh, like, walk around with haircuts that maybe they don't usually choose, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, is Matthew Lillard going with blue hair? Maybe if he's, like, a method actor, yeah, and he just wants to live the character, but I think usually people want to go to dinner without getting looked at, so... You know, or did you know that Eraserhead took, like, a, a really long time to shoot? How long? I forget, like, over a year. Uh, no, definitely longer. I think it was multiple years. Five years? Yeah, five years. And Jack Nance kept that haircut the whole time. See, that's like a real actor. Like, that's someone dedicated to their craft. Jack Nance, he's one of the goats. But uh, maybe maybe Matthew Lillard did too. I wonder if this lady kept her mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Ayo. We'll never know. I guess we'll never know. Shout out to Brandy. <laughs> she just kind of shows up. She might have made that, uh, that sort of pacing reminded me of Saturday Night Fever too, where it's like, I love this girl. Man. Well, you know, except she literally just shows up at the end. Like, and it's like, oh, I love her. I'm going to marry her. It's like, okay. In the last, like, 15 minutes of the film. Kind of a dream blown rotation. <sighs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Jack Nance. That's, is that his stash? This? No, that's not Jack Nance. That's not him? No, 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 no. That's just some fatty. I don't know him. Excuse me? Some fatty? <laughs> that's the key grip right there. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. R.I.P. Shout out to... 
Catherine Elizabeth Coulson. Shout out to her and her family. It's a weird sort of vibe. Just a picture with RIP all caps. And a banner across the corner. Yeah, it's That's a- kind of a shout out to their family. <laughs> shout out to the Locks family too. Alright, oh there he is. There's the king himself. Jackie boy! Alright, that's the episode. Bye bye. So what are we doing next week? Lilith Shop of Horrors? Yeah. Is that like Lilith's pet shop? Sort of? <laughs> is that a joke? Or do you actually not know? Um, well, I'm really kind of hoping it is. Cause like, I'm f- little f- pet shop? <laughs> yeah, Lilith's pet shop. Yeah. It's a little good toys. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's like a spinoff? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm down. It's, it'll, be a, it'll be the feel-good watch of the uh, year, I have a feeling. <laughs> Lilith's pet shop. Those... What was up with girls' toys? Where just... <laughs> they were shitty. Dude, look, everybody likes to punch things. Let's just be honest, okay? <laughs> girls just, maybe they can try to hide it or whatever, but everyone just wants to punch something. That's why Rock'em Sock'em was one of the best-selling toys of whatever. Okay? That's so fun. Yeah, I need to get one. That's classic. That's what we'll do. We'll have a... Co- Next cop anniversary, we'll do a Rock'em Sock'em face-off after trivia. We and should do that in an ice hockey match. <laughs> I'm down. I, maybe Nintendo won't take us on offline. We can take my little CRT. Yeah. And just an N- my NES and pop it in. We can game it out. Shout out to Ice Hockey, whoever made that game. Probably the goaded hockey video game. That is the goat. It's so immersive. They have Zamboni. <laughs> they have, you know... They have the guys, the hockey players, when they do their little dance, just like in the NHL. Yep. They go... Dee, 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 and they do it in a little circle. It's fun. And um, they even have uh, shootouts at the end. Yeah. It's kind of cringe, though. What? I'll, I'll leave that for next episode. What's for, Okay. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> If you enjoyed anything you heard today, Make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and umfm.com. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page at COP Podcast.